this weekend, we decided to do things a little bit different uh, than we have in Faith Promises in years before. Uh, since we have three campuses, we've been having Faith Promise Weekend. And so on Friday night, we joined together at Southside Community Center and had a gospel cafe there and a great meal together. On uh, yesterday afternoon, we gathered at Summit in Washington and uh, had a wonderful service together and uh, John Sherwood leading the music and that was a lot of fun. And then we had another meal together. You see a theme here? So uh, we're good Nazarenes. Uh, So today we have our service today. You get to go out to lunch by yourself, but uh, we're having a, a great service today. Uh, all of this takes a lot of planning and a lot of things uh, to get this ready. And I know she doesn't know that I'm doing this, but Renell, would you come up here for a second? Renell, come on up. Come on up. Uh, Renell has been our, our chief uh, person that has put a lot of this together. And uh, in just a second, you're going to hear from some of our missionaries from the Dominican Republic. And they are going to say, hey, we've been talking to your NMI president, Nazarene Mission International. They didn't talk to our president. They talked to Rennell. <laughs> so Rennell set all this up. And so we wanted to thank you, Rennell, for all your hard work for this weekend. Thank you, thank you for all you've done. You are wonderful. Thank you. So uh, why don't we go ahead and watch this video from our missionaries as we start. Hello from Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. A huge shout out to Southside Community Center, uh, Summit Nazarene, and Peak and First Nazarene Church. Thank you for inviting us to share on this very important Faith Promise weekend. We are Sam and Christy Seneca, um, and along with our five children, We serve as the work and witness and seminary campus coordinators here in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, and a lot of what we do uh, revolves around connecting local churches here in the DR with U.S. churches that want to partner with them. They maybe want to come on a short-term mission trip. Um, And so we figure out how they can work together um, in what God's already doing here in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, so so far this year we've had uh, eight groups come. And on the very first group that came in February, uh, a real cool story is that um, one evening we gathered up all of the church's musical equipment and soundboard and everything, threw it in our truck and van, and drove to the middle of the community, and we had a live church service. Uh, Worship music and a message was given. And at the end of that message, the pastor asked if anybody wanted to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And sure enough, we had folks uh, that came forward and accepted Jesus for the very first time that evening. Yeah, um, another trip this summer, um, we partnered with a church that um, is considered a safe place in their community. They're kind of in an area that there's mostly women and children, um, and so they're just kind of a light in the middle of their community. So we would walk around and um, invite the kids to activities that we hosted and pray with people, and one young man, he told us that it wasn't a coincidence that we were talking to him and praying with him that day because he felt God telling him that he needed to come back to church. Um, He had gone to church as a kid and had then fallen into some things that he shouldn't be doing. And so he came back and he spent the week with us at the church in the afternoons. And then on Sunday, he brought his whole family to church. And so we're excited about what God's doing in his life. Um, And that's why we do what we do. 
And we, we spend a lot of time, we do spend a lot of time um, on construction and building the physical church. Yeah. But we also spend a lot of time um, building up the, the church, the, the, church. Com- the, the people yeah. of the church, and, we, and reaching out to the community um, coming alongside the church. Um, so regardless of whether really we're working on the building um, in construction or compassion, our ultimate goal is to see people's lives transformed by the uh, love of Jesus uh, come into their lives. Yeah, and so we're excited about what God is doing here in the DR. We're excited about what God is doing in Tazewell and Peoria counties because your NMI president has told us about it. Um, And we're excited that God invites us to join him in what he's doing. He could do things on his own, but he wants us to get involved in what he's doing. Yeah, so how do we get involved, right? Um, We need to take a step of faith and join God in what is already happening. Um, we invest in each other. Yeah. We we serve one another in love. That yeah. love from Jesus in our hearts pours out of ourselves, and we give ourselves. And so there, we have identified three things that we can do. Right? We can pray, and we can give, and we can go. We pray for the lost people of our communities, the hurt that is going on. Um, maybe we uh, we pray for people in our lives mm-hmm. that the Lord has laid on our hearts. Um, we give. We give to support the local mission, um, financial resources that that the Lord has blessed us with. And uh, we go, right? We go into the community. We move our feet. And mm-hmm. uh, we support in uh, a physical form of some sorts. Yeah. And so maybe you're already doing those things. You're praying. You're giving. And you're going. And so we want to thank you. But we also want to challenge you this weekend to step out in faith and ask God, where does he want you to maybe pray more, set aside a specific time. Where is he calling you to pray? Where is he calling you to give? Is he asking you to give an amount that you are going to have to rely on him to provide? And then the last thing is, where does he want you to go? Does he want you to serve somewhere in your local community? Does he want you to serve somewhere outside of your community? Maybe he does want you to go on a mission trip or to serve globally. Whatever it is, we want to challenge you to ask him where you can rely on him as you step out in faith um, to this Faith Promise Weekend. And you can pray, you can give, and you can go. And we're excited to hear what God does through you guys. And we'd love to hear it. Send us your stories and what how he works in your lives and your communities. And we just thank you so much for this weekend and um, that you would allow us to share with you guys. Thank you, everybody. Amen. So uh, the Senecas are watching us right now. So hello, both of you and your family. We're so glad that you are joining us online today. And uh, we're going to be praying for you as well. Um, if In case you haven't heard, uh, they serve in the Dominican Republic. And there was just a hurricane that has gone through the Dominican Republic, Hurricane Fiona, I believe. And uh, they wanted you to know that they are okay. They are, they are fine from that. On the other side of the country, though, is one of our Nazarene churches that was completely destroyed by Hurricane Fiona. And part of what they do and part of what we do as Nazarenes is to reach out and to help each other out. And uh, if you would like some information, if you would like to even give directly to that effort, then let me know and I will get you in, in touch with the Senecas and uh, be able to help. Um, also in 2018 was the last time our church was able to go on a work and witness trip. We went down to Southern Belize and we had a great time there. 
And then our plan was to go back in a couple years, but then uh, COVID hit and uh, kind of shut everything down. And as far as we know, uh, Southern Belize is still being very protective on who comes into the country there and uh, haven't had any communication with the government officials. And so it may be, Seneca's, it may be that we, our next work and witness trip might be with them in the Dominican Republic. And so we're always talking to them about what that might look like. Uh, and so uh, be in prayer with us for that. So as we get started uh, today, uh, God has made two different kinds of people. There's those kind of people who enjoy small talk. And there's the people who don't enjoy small talk. There's the people who can talk to anybody. They could talk to a stump. And there are people that are more like the stump when it comes to uh, that interpersonal communication. And uh, who here loves small talk? Raise your hand if you're that person. You love small talk. I see like 12 hands out of this crowd here today. So raise your hand if you think small talk is just a little bit awkward. You, you'd rather not small talk if that's you. All right, some of you are just confused. You don't know what you want and what, so. Um, so it's not that I don't like small talk, it's just that I'm not good at small talk. I'm not uh, skilled in it. Um, I'm usually too busy trying to think of what my response is going to be or what I'm going to be saying next. And, uh, and I don't pay enough of attention maybe in that small talk. And so my conversations are filled with that awkward silence and just like, wait, wait what did you just say? And I once asked a guy, have you lived here your entire life? And he came back with this really quick answer where he said, well, not yet. Not yet. I haven't. And I just stood there just staring at him like some, what? I, I, it totally went over my head and I didn't get it. And, uh, and so as I was preparing to, to preach about faith promise, I, I got to thinking about our life. I got to thinking about how I spend my life. And that guy got me thinking about uh, how we spend our days and our, our time that we have, have here on earth. And so today we're going to spend some time listening to Jesus and we're going to spend some time hearing from him about how we spend our days here on earth. And Jesus did not come to earth just so we could go to heaven with him someday. That wasn't his sole purpose in coming to earth. He came for this life, this life as well. And I'm going to read this scripture. It might be familiar to you. You might know this. I learned this scripture in the King James version. And I usually don't go to the King James version, but that's how I learned this. And so hearing it, any other version just stands a, is a little strange to me. So this comes from John chapter 10. And I'm actually going to start at verse 9. John chapter 10, verse 9. In the King James, New King James Version, this is how it reads, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and, will go, and I will go in and out to find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. 
an abundant life. If you go to other versions of the Bible, it will call this life a rich life, a full and a satisfying life. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong. I'm not complaining here today. I have a great life. I feel like I'm absolutely blessed. But there's days that I don't feel like I have that abundant life, like something is missing. And if Jesus has come, that he would give me an abundant life and I feel like there's a hole, if I feel like there's a void, if I feel like something's missing, then clearly it's me that's missing the mark, not Jesus, right? So Jesus came to give us an abundant life. He didn't come to give us a life where we feel like we're just barely hanging on. He didn't come to give us a life where we don't want to get out of bed in the morning. He didn't uh, give us a life where we're just making it day by day by day and going through some sort of routine. And if we're content with, or if we're not content with our life, then obviously there's something that's missing. And obviously we're not living that abundant life that Jesus talked about. So that word that Jesus used there means that we could have a superior life. It means that we on earth can have an extraordinary life, an uncommon life. Can we find that life of abundance? Where is that life of abundance? What does it mean for, for us to live an abundant life? And we're going to go over a couple possibilities here we're going to turn this over in our minds and just try to discover what does this mean? What did Jesus mean by having an abundant life? Well, maybe an abundant life might be a busy life. Maybe abundant life is a life filled with activity, a life with a whole lot of things to do, a life that is never boring, right? Uh, my mother-in-law used to tell Carol when she was a little girl and Carol would be lamenting to her and saying, mom, I'm bored. Rose, her mom would say, well, Carol, you know, only boring people can be bored. <laughs> hmm. Have we ever told Jesus that? Jesus, I'm bored. I want to, I need more to do. And is that an abundant life? Is an abundant life having so much to do, never being bored, never running out of anything to do? Is that what Jesus came for? Is that what he wants to give you? A life that's active and a life that's busy. How many of you raise your hand if you have a to-do list? You, you write down the to-do list. I, yeah, I could probably appoint it to most of you. I don't know how the rest of you savages live, but uh, I need a to-do list. Uh, I'm also kind of the type of person that when I do something not on my list, do you also write it down just so you can cross it off? That's me. Okay. I have a to-do list here at church. I don't have a to-do list at home. And Carol thinks I need to have a to-do list at home as well. There's a whole lot of things at home that are unfinished. So the trouble is, is that to-do list in our life always gets bigger and bigger and bigger, doesn't it? It never seems to end. And such is life. There's so many tasks to be done. There's so many jobs to be completed. Is that the abundant life? 
that Jesus talks about is, is an abundant life a busy life? I don't think so. Because if that were true, then why would Jesus also tell us to be still and know that I am God? Why does the Bible tell us to wait on the Lord? It doesn't seem like I'm supposed to be filling every moment of my life with some sort of activity. That's obviously not the abundant life. That the hurry up lifestyle that you and I tend to lead is not the abundant life of Jesus. And it may be downright unhealthy. There's more to this abundant life than staying busy. So what is it? What is this abundant life? Maybe it's a long life. Maybe it's uh, longevity. Um, is that the abundant life? Living a whole lot of years here on earth and experiencing so many things. We want that, don't we? We want to live a long life. There's nobody that uh, has ever seriously said, boy, I, you know what? I really hope I live a short life. Nobody's ever said that, right? We want to live a long life and a long life of meaning. We look forward to heaven. We look forward to heaven and the, the golden streets, but I don't see anybody rushing towards the pearly gates, right? No, don't get me wrong. I, I'm going to enjoy heaven. Heaven is going to be wonderful. I want to go to heaven, but Jesus, not today, Right? I want a long life. Is this the life that Jesus is promising us? I think that all of you uh, would say that you want to experience a long life. There's things that I still want to do in my life. There's things that I still want to, uh, to see and to experience. And I want to see my sons uh, grow and, and have their own families. I'm going to be officiating their wedding. They don't know it yet, but I'm going to. <laughs> And so I want to experience all of that. I want to spoil my grandkids and I want to send them back to their parents with the most annoying present ever. I mean, that's my plan. Enjoy the xylophone. Here you go. Is that long life the abundant life that Jesus came to give us? But when I read the Bible, I also find some very interesting things here. It mentions a man named Methuselah. Methuselah lived to be 969 years old. And what is he known for? Exactly. That's it. <laughs> Not much. Long life isn't necessarily abundant, is it? Mozart composed beautiful music and give it, given us the gift of his music. And he only lived to be 36 years old. Dr. Martin Luther King was only 46. And nobody could tell us that he didn't live an abundant life. Jesus was 33. 33. And who can doubt that the life of Jesus was an abundant life? So there has to be something more than the length of our years. What, what could it be? If it's not our activity, it's not the, the length of our life, and maybe the abundant life is the things that we can have around us. Maybe it's wealth and comfort. I mean, that's often what we talk about when we say that word abundant. It's really kind of what we, what we mean is having enough things around us, right? To have wealth and to have 
to be able to enjoy the good things in life, not just to get by? Wouldn't that be an abundant life? Maybe abundance means that uh, we have plenty of everything that makes life pleasant. Food and and housing and and clothing. And and maybe if God wants to throw it in there, maybe a nice car and some creature comforts and some things like that, right? And if you're scraping by on pennies, if you're living uh, paycheck to paycheck, then living uh, living abundantly would seem that it you know, might be just having enough money or having a little bit more than we need, then wouldn't that be an abundant life? You know, when I first became a pastor and God called me out of the hospital in medical and into ministry, the first church that I started pastoring, I was given the salary of $7,500 a year. And in case you're wondering, that's $3.60 an hour. And no, that wasn't minimum wage back then. I'm not that old, all right? But over the years, the Lord has blessed our family. And we have made uh, more money almost every year uh, since. But you know what happened? When we made more money, the more that we had, the more we spent. And the more that we earned, the more that we thought we needed in our life, the more we took in, even the more deprived that we might have felt. The more we spent, the more we borrowed. And the more we spent and borrowed, the the more we started to feel the stress of that and on and on and on. And then when you get the mail and you get the bill and you know you have to pay the bill, that's not abundant, is it? stressful when you're figure, trying to figure out where is that going to come from. And we found out over time that we didn't possess our things. Our things were starting to possess us. And it's good to feel comfortable. It's good to have enough resources. Uh, but I don't think God is, I don't think God is requiring any of us today to be uh, poverty stricken, but having things is not living an abundant life. There has to be so much more. And so as Jesus is saying this in John chapter 10, verse 10, that I have come that they may have life and have life abundant. What is the secret to an abundant life? The secret is to go on to verse 11. There's where the secret of abundant life is because Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for a sheep. That is the abundant life. Brothers and sisters, you can have an abundant life when you give your life away. Abundant life comes from caring so much for others that you would offer them your very life. That's abundance. Abundant life is the life that you lay down just as Jesus did for others. And you would do it freely without being asked, without compulsion. You do it not because you're forced to or even because you think that if I do this, it's going to make you happy. 
You give because that's who you are. You give because that's who Christ has made you. You are compassionate and you give of your life because God has made you in his image and that is who he is. And the wonder of it is that in giving away our life, that's where we come to find a life that is suddenly abundant. And the wonder and joy of it is that the more life that we spend, the more that we're going to receive in return. The wonder, the joy, the glory of an abundant life is that you're never going to run out of it. For just as, as Jesus did, you lay down your life in order to take it back up again. The more you serve the needs of others, the more satisfaction you will have in your life. The more you listen to the pain of the downtrodden, the more you're going to understand what it is like to be blessed. I don't know how Jesus has done it, but the more that Carol and I have given away, the more that we have received in return. I don't get God's math. I've never understood God's economy, but he's always done it every single step of the way. So do you want an abundant life that, that Jesus talks about and, and what he promises? It's not found in your activity. It's not found in your longevity. It's not found in your prosperity. It's found in your generosity. It's living as Jesus did. It's laying down your life for, for others. There's a prayer that's attributed to the uh, St. Francis of Assisi. And uh, this is what he said a long time ago. Lord, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. And to be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born. Have you lived here your entire life? No, not yet. God has not done with any of us yet. You have another day. You have another day to live for the glory of the shepherd who takes care of you. And you then can do likewise as well. I want you to learn about the, that abundant life. And, and yes, of course, this whole weekend is about our uh, faith promise and the things that uh, we are raising pledges for. And in a moment, I'm going to go over all those kind of things. But this sermon is not uh, supposed to be manipulative uh, of any way. I I'm, I'm truly want you to have an abundant life. But to have that abundant life that Jesus tells us about doesn't mean that we hold on to what we have. It means that we give up what he's given us. And so I want to go over a, a few things with us this morning. Um, every week we take tithes uh, here. Our ushers come forward and they go back down through and they take your tithe. And thank you so very much for uh, your blessing and, and how you have blessed uh, the, uh, our church and our network. Uh, I wanted to go and uh, let's go ahead and put up that uh, funding the mission slide if, if you could. Wanted to explain to you some of what happens with your money every single time that you give a tithe. Every single week and the money that we collect, there's a portion of our money that is already uh, appointed to go out. 
and to take care of some things. And so uh, we're going to be talking about the World Evangelism Fund here, uh, but that's five and a half percent is given to our World Evangelism Fund. Now this goes across the world. Part of what you give every single week goes out to uh, support Nazarene missions around the world. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Pensions and benefits, 2.25% of what you give every single week is set aside uh, to pay for Nazarene uh, missionaries and pastors' pensions, which every pastor in the room said, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, for that. There's no, no pastor here that has become a pastor in order to get rich or to have a glorious retirement, right? But uh, we do thank the Lord for providing uh, a little bit of a pension uh, for us once we retire. So thank you for that. 2.25% uh, is given to Olivet Nazarene University. And we join together with all the other churches that are on the districts that surround Olivet. There's, uh, I think, 11 different districts. And every Nazarene church, 2.25% of what we give every single week goes directly to Olivet. And then 5.75% uh, goes to our district. It stays right here. And our district exists to help us to plant new churches and to make sure that our pastors and the churches that we have are healthy. And so that percentage just stays right here. And so across, just right off the top, just like we uh, would love for people to give uh, the first 10% or so of their salary of what you take in and give back to the kingdom of God, 15.75% of what you give automatically comes off and goes out. And we are able to take care of these other things together, just like you do with tithe, that we're able to do so much more when it's joined with other churches. The next slide shows the three things that our faith promise today is going to uh, be covering. Um, our World Evangelism Fund, um, I just mentioned that, uh, but also our Southside Community Center. So we're, we have our, our work in the south side of Peoria. And uh, what this money that we give to Southside Community Center, what we collect from Faith Promise goes directly to Pastor Irene and Austin Smith's uh, salary. It pays them to work over there. Uh, so that's what your Faith Promise money, part of that is actually paying for Pastor Irene and Austin's salary. The other part is these local missional opportunities, and we'll go through those in a little bit. Let's go to the next one, talk about World Evangelism Fund. Um, currently, you see there that we are involved in 164 different world areas in the Church of Nazarene. So this is, uh, this is us uh, on a global basis, 164 different countries. I think there, there's about 190-something, 200 countries. So there's only a few countries in our entire world that we don't have missionaries serving there right now. Uh, in some of these areas, we couldn't even list you all of the countries that we're at because some of these countries, it's illegal for you to be a Christian. And so we couldn't tell you the names of those missionaries. We can't tell you the, the country where they're, they're at. We can't put those things in print or put them out on the internet because we're doing work in these creative access areas. 
164 different areas around the globe. Currently, uh, PFN Network is in uh, is three churches of over 26,000 Nazarene churches around the globe. So you are part of something that is so much bigger than PFN or even the PFN Network. 26,000 congregations gather on a weekly basis and call themselves Nazarenes. Anytime that there's a disaster around the world, if we have a tornado or a hurricane or um, uh, floods, anything like that, earthquakes, you will see Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, part of this Nazarene Evangelism Fund, Nazarene Compassionate Ministries will show up and we'll hand out supplies and get people back on their feet. And we're kind of like the, just maybe almost like the Red Cross, except we're also spreading the hope of Jesus Christ with them as we hand them some basic supplies. Uh, so that's part of what that money goes to. Um, 500, five, over 500 Nazarene missionaries are employed by your church. You help pay for the salary and the benefits and all of those things that, that those missionaries would need. Our church helps pay for 500 missionaries around the world. We are involved with something so much bigger than ourselves. And this is what Faith Promise helps to cover. The next one, uh, Southside Community Center. Um, you see uh, the, uh, what Southside Community Center uh, does and, and who they are in transforming their community. About five or six years ago, uh, our former pastor, Pastor Lloyd Brock and, and Cheryl Sherwood asked the question, what would it look like if we had a work, if we had a, uh, an influence over on the south side of Peoria? And soon then they hired Pastor Irene, and you know the rest of the story. These statistics up there are just from a couple years. Just from a couple years, 21 people have been baptized on the south side of Peoria because of our Southside Community Center. Let's give God a hand for that. That's amazing incredible. Eight families, eight families have moved out of public housing, the Harrison homes, and now either rent or own their own place. This is huge. And Friday night, when we got to present this to uh, Southside, one of the moms there said, and I'm one of those families. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. That's good stuff. And you are helping to do that. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, they uh, teach leadership skills uh, to the kids of the neighborhood uh, and to giving them hope and giving them a purpose in their life. Do you know that there's kids on the south side that fully expect that they would end up in jail because they don't know any other alternative? Well, our, our center gives them an alternative. And they teach them life skills and they teach them leadership skills. I'm looking forward to the day. I don't mean this in a, in a bad way, but I'm looking forward to the way where Irene and Austin aren't there. Because we have raised up people from the south side that have taken on what we are doing. And Irene and Austin are doing that somewhere else. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. And then lastly, our uh, local missional opportunities. These are three things that 
our campus currently does. Uh, just uh, yesterday, we had the oil change for single ladies. And what a difference that made for uh, some families, for these ladies to come and not have to worry about an oil change and not to have that extra expense. And uh, I was able to just talk with a couple of them. They were so thankful uh, that our church would do that to take care of that for them. Uh, so thank you to uh, our men's ministry and NMI for putting that on. Great job. You did a wonderful job yesterday. Wouldn't it be great? I think we get our oil changed more than once a year though, don't we? Wouldn't it be great to be able to do that twice a year or more? Um, we also have our turkey giveaway every year at Thanksgiving. We give a turkey dinner, not just a turkey, but a turkey dinner to anybody from the uh, Pekin Housing Authority that wants that meal. And all they just have to say thank you, or they don't even have to say thank you. We just give it to them. And we do that every single year. During the Marigold Festival, we have our vendor breakfast. And so uh, uh, we go and vendors come from all over the state and even states around us. And we get to go up to them and hand them uh, a breakfast in the morning. But we don't just give them food. We, we, we talk with them and we pray with them and we see what's on their life and what they're dealing with. And we get to spend time with them. And, and all these things, of course, cost a lot of money. The oil change and the turkey giveaway are around $2,000 each time. Uh, the br vendor breakfast is at least $500. But as you're going to see in this, put a, go ahead and pull up the next slide. That's not our goal. We don't want to just keep doing the things that we're doing. We don't want to just keep doing those two things. Uh, are those three things. We want to do more things. We want to do what we're doing here in PFN on the south side of Peoria, right? We want to do what we're doing here at PFN in Washington. We want to do that there. And we want to do more things. We want to help out more people because that's who God has called us to be. God has called us to be an abundant life people, to give our lives away. And so you see these numbers on the screen. These are our goals. And these, these numbers seem huge. I get it. Now, faith promise is meant to be above and beyond your normal tithe. It's not supposed to replace your tithe. And we don't want you to give to this and not to the local church. It's above that. So yes, God may need to really bless you. Yes, God may need to really challenge you. Here's one thing that I need you uh, to, to know this morning. We haven't had a faith promise weekend for about three years. And you have been so faithful um, over these past three years that are still people giving towards faith promise. There are still people giving towards Irene's salary. There are still people giving towards uh, Southside. And we thank you for that. And if we add up all of that, that our, our people are already giving, it comes out to $90,000. So we're only 40,000 short. Uh, if you're already given to Faith Promise or one of those areas, we need you to keep doing that. But maybe God would have you step that up a little bit more. Uh, in your bulletin, each of you have this faith promise card. I want you to go ahead and get that out. I want you to go ahead and put your name and your phone number and your email on there. But there's some commitments. 
I'm going to ask that uh, you would pray daily for what we could do as a church, as a network to take care of the people that God has placed around us in Peoria and Tazewell County. Would you also continue to support your church family by tithing on a regular basis? We don't want you to give that up in order to give to this. But could the Lord be challenging you to say, you know what, we're thankful for what we've been able to do, but we can do more. Um, our NMI uh, council is going to be handing out to you uh, some tender mercy bags. Uh, these tender mercy bags come from the uh, Midwest Food Bank. They prepare these on a daily or weekly basis. So go ahead and take one of those. There's enough for every person here, not just every family. I want you to take one of these. We're handing these out to you as a, kind of a reminder. We were able to have dinner on Southside. We're able to have uh, dinner uh, over at the summit yesterday. You get dinner too, but you're getting dinner a little bit differently. There are a lot of families around our area that this is what they get. This is what they eat. Uh, this tender mercy bag has uh, been designed that once you cook that, then it, it uh, uh, provides a uh, full day's nourishment. There's families right here in Tazewell County, right here in Peoria County, that this is what they get. May it be a reminder for us. I want you to go home. It doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be for lunch, but go home and make this. And maybe this is the only thing that your family eats that night. And when you do it, could you pray? Could you pray for the families that are around our, uh, our area? Could you pray for our efforts, our, our local missionary efforts to help ease the burden of life on these families that God has put around us? We want you to take that, but also want you to look at your card again. As uh, our missionary said, maybe God is challenging you to give something that you don't have that God was going to have to provide in order for you to give it. So you see on there, maybe it could be a weekly pledge. Again, you're tithing and this is what you would give extra and you would mark that down on your check or online or whatever it is. I'm giving this much extra to faith promise, knowing that these are the areas where that money would go. You can see uh, to make $40,000, if we could just find four of you to give $200 extra a week, uh, we could make that up. But I understand that's, uh, that might be a little bit far-fetched. Uh, but what is God asking you to do? What is God laying on your heart in order to give, in order so that your church, your network can help more and more and more people? Maybe it's a monthly gift. Maybe it's a one-time gift, but you're gonna take this and in just a moment, our, our ushers are gonna come and, and collect this from you. And uh, we're gonna add up all this and see where our pledges are. But this is then between you and God from this point on, we're not gonna call you up and say, uh, hey, Carol, I see that you gave, put down $50 a week and you're, you're a few weeks behind. We're not gonna send anybody to our house to shake us down or anything like that. This is between you and God.
to give on a weekly or a monthly basis to not just do what we get to do so that we can do more, so we can take care of more people. So let's pray together and allow God to, uh, to stir your heart. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this incredible weekend. It's not an every week thing where we come and we ask for pledges or we ask for, for more money or anything like that. But Lord, I don't have a problem, problem doing it because I truly believe that you have called us to be abundant life people. I truly believe that you have called our church one of 26,000 Nazarene churches, one of millions of congregations this morning. They were all part of your church and you've called us to do more. You have called us to take care of the sick and the homeless and the hungry. You've called us to be Jesus here on earth. And so Lord, this is our opportunity to do just that worldwide, the South side of Peoria and right here in our communities. Lord, we can do so much more. We need to do so much more. So Lord, thank you for the opportunity for this congregation to give today, to make a pledge with you, to make a promise through faith that you are going to bless us so we can bless others. Lord, would you do that? We know you can. In fact, Lord, this is one of the areas where you say, test me. You will not believe what I can do. And so Lord, uh, would, you, uh, would you help us as we are writing down a figure, would you help us to come up with that, uh, to what that might be so that we can help our church, our network, our denomination, the people of your earth. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing today. And it's in your name that we pray, amen. Our ushers are gonna come and uh, if you can uh, put that, this uh, pledge card in the offering uh, bucket today. Uh, if you haven't finished with that conversation with the Lord yet, then go ahead and drop it on your way out. Or uh, if you need to come back to the next service, you can hear all of this again. And you can, uh, uh, or if you need to up it, come back next, next uh, uh, service as well. I was asked uh, if I'm already giving towards Faith Promise and I wanna give more, then I want you to put that new amount, that new total amount down, not just what you wanna increase it for. Uh, so thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for living an abundant life, a life where we get to give ours away for the benefit of others. I love all of you guys. I know that you are gracious and generous people. So thank you in advance for what you've done today. You may be dismissed. Love you.